listening to the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in to episode 13 of the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. I'm Soul Time, and I'm joined Sorry. by uh, Sallybug. Sallybug, are you there? I hear you, I think. I have my YouTube open and forgot to mute the computer, so I apologize for that. But I'll yes, take that I'm as here. a yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Green Stego, are you there? I am here. He is here. Yes, he is. Welcome. How was your week, Stego? Do you have a good week? Busy? Um, I don't want to go into details, but <laughs> it was. I'm still here. No pressure. And <laughs> that's that's all that needs to be said about that right now. Well, I'm so glad you're here uh, on the podcast too. Um, you're you're definitely the anchor, uh, so to speak. Uh, no pun intended, because our our host is called Anchor as well. Anchor. FM is our. Do you podcast have host. Uh, Do you have Monday off, Daniel? No, I do not. That was moved oh. to November third. Boo. Oh. That is a bummer. I am so sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have election day off, I suppose. That feels like it's more worth uh, having a holiday. Right, yeah, definitely. I'm not quite sure why election day isn't. You know, I, I just feel like if, if the the goal is to get everybody to get out there and vote, then everybody should it, it should be a holiday so that every, except for, of course, the people who are manning the voting booths and such. Mm-hmm. So. Reading the mute, mood here. I, I'm, I'm guessing you didn't have much time for Destiny, Stego. Or did you? Oh, no. I am excited yeah. to try some Festival of Lost today, but. Us I too. Played, yeah. I, I have played a little video games, but not mm. Destiny this week. Right. It it was in our t- like we kept saying okay let's get on for a little bit and I just didn't have the mental or physical energy. This week was a full pull for us. This week, yeah, big big teaching uh, week for us. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but again, Ed, like you, Daniel, looking forward to uh, delving. I've been kind of living. Uh, the destiny life vicariously through Twitter, which isn't always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, but but it keeps your foot you know, in the door. It does, and if the experience this week has been uh, Bungie, I think that the cipher drop rates are not so great. Um, and then over the course of the week, they do improve that. Then maybe that's okay. But I I missed the first few days. Right. Wow, that's putting it in such a tender, nice, um, non-aggressive way. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping positive about it. Um, uh, you know, you're saying that the uh, – you're mentioning the um, – what is it called? Cypher decoder rate uh, is not very good. Funny Bone's saying he's rolling in cypher decoders here this morning. Uh, and then uh, he says four. Says four. Right. I, I wonder how that four translates into um, mm-hmm. hours of play at this point. But in all honesty, I have been avoiding. I 
was not encouraged to get on based solely on the reports of the drop rate of those things. And I kind of in the back of my head been playing this game long enough to know they are going to do something about it. And indeed they have not only once, but twice is my understanding. And I haven't even checked Twitter this morning. So maybe it's a third adjustment by, <laughs> by the time this pod, <laughs> by the time our podcast has drawn to a close. Who knows? Uh, but like you, Green Stego, I think I'm looking forward to hopping on and taking the plunge into Festival of Loss. Uh, decoder rate be damned. I'm going to go in there with a positive attitude, look at the triumphs, uh, engage in the activity, go around and, and get my feet wet with with the candy and with the the decoders and just doing the Haunted Force again. I'm looking forward to to just it being that time of year. You know, you associate this with tradition and all the other uh, Halloween-y stuff that's going on. Um, trick-or-treating for adults. Mm. In a way. <laughs> I have you three words to say about that. Candy. Dried fruit candy. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I'm I'm looking forward to getting in. I think I did. Um, if if we're still kind of just talk about what we've done, I did get on this weekend. And uh, I the, did too. Yeah. Past weekend and finished, and I think I hadn't finished the uh, means to an end, but. Um, I did get on Monday night and just finish, just do that one thing and possibly played a little bit with my granddaughter. I might, I think I did, um, which is still extremely fun just to get on and, and have her perspective, her, her new guardian excited for every loot box, like, like just random chests and, Oh, I got I got arms and, and hold on. I need to see whether they boost me up in light and just like yeah. living that that life. It's it's kind of fun. So, um, I did do that this past weekend, um, uh, and that was about it. It's my understanding, even though I haven't gotten on at all um, since reset. Uh, it's my understanding the new lore dropped they've added mm -hmm. like a continuation of that means to an end right um another reason to get on though one of the things i do want to say is that completing that means to an end i'm pretty sure that was the only activity i did because i have such limited time these days um that it was about the only activity i did that gives me a pinnacle drop and yet another um yet another disappointment of not getting the class item it's like i'm trying mm. so hard to get to max light and just can't seem to get it to happen and now that these pinnacle drops are are way more of a trickle i can't over the summer i was able to do you know four or five activities a week and that's why i'm so close um but then once my work started and and my time is a little bit limited is way more limited 
Um, I usually only get to one or two pinnacle activities a week hmm. that, that allow me to, for a pinnacle drop, and I still can't seem to get that uh, class item. Yeah, so. yeah. and what sucks, and, and what sucks thing, about that is you're, you're not going to be able to get, by the end of the season, you're not going to be able to get other class items up to 1060 because of that. It's going to be too right. late. It's so, already I mean, I too late. Been, yeah. Right. I and and you know you get so close to where the light's going to be dro- going up anyway. Like on November tenth, it'll be part of the the light leveling. So mm. it's almost like it is it really even yeah. worth What's it the at point? this point? Yeah. Right. You know because I know I'm going to be having to mm. go uh you know redo that light grind so. And, it is what it is. It's it's the way Bungie has um, has decided they are going to do that leveling thing, and and um, we talked a little bit. RNG. We talked a little bit about it in the past, mm-hmm. and so I don't want to go into a whole lot about it. But um, definitely for a casual player who possibly has that as a goal is to get up to top light i do wish they there was a little bit more of a smart rng like like at maybe least t- just say yeah maybe last two weeks you know, even, of the season um boost the probability of it or oh you know you that's know. A, that's a positive and we're not there yet we're not at right. the last two yeah, weeks that's so, true um or just say i don't know i don't i or how I don't about have a response to or it how about, i don't have an answer to it it's uh, how about uh, doing I, away with rng leveling you know just you know, uh, make leveling a product of the time you invest in the game yeah. instead of That's having smart it be leveling. random. Yeah, I mean that 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 would not be even it, but smart you don't want leveling. The grind to, but for you know, for I, I, I'm trying to keep that balance. To, and and I think uh, Bungie and Destiny Two as well is trying to keep that balance of not having the <laughs> hardcore players have everything they, and be the max they, they level up the, the first, first day anyway though anyway they level up the first day the first six hours they're like ready for that raid to drop you know so mm-hmm. it's it's really just affecting people who don't have a lot of time to get on it makes it a pain point that, that's my perspective on it and and yeah there's probably some things they can do we'll see i'm i'm really optimistic about uh beyond light um I mean, they're they're in addition to uh, some other the TWAB and other things that they dropped. Some other they're giving us trickles of information of there's. I really feel like there's a huge kind of revamping altogether of like a lot of these systems that are in the background, um, and this leveling is one of them. So I'm kind of uh, feeling uh, optimistic that. Cautiously um, optimistic. Cautiously optimistic, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, and with that being said, maybe we should get into kind of like what uh, what has dropped from Bungie this week. We got another trailer. We did. We got another trailer. I'd like to play it. I mean, I don't know how okay. much we want to get into this uh the specifics of it but i would like to play it for the for the folks at home so let me see if i can um defy my age and get to playing this uh wow i've got so many things open here i still haven't figured out this live streaming thing tbh if you're not a me 
Here we go. I'm gonna play it. Guardian, crush them. Triple down. Yeah, that's that is a super, <laughs> super definitely uh, intended to hype uh, trailer that we've got. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> it's all about and the hype, right? So, <laughs> so we kind of we kind of talked about this behind scenes on like, did we want to go into the details of like all these new weapons and armor that they just kind of uh, threw at us there? And I think we decided just with everything else that they they have um, that they've dropped this week that we're going to um, we're going to hold off on that one. Well, I just have to ask um, Green Stego if anything uh, stood out there that that got him a, a little bit excited. That's kind of hard to say because all of them are standouts. Yeah. I, Basically, watching that trailer, I want to take every single exotic weapon and armor piece that I have and throw them in the trash. <laughs> and I feel like some, uh, I'm, I may be wrong here, but I felt like some, especially like towards the end when they were showing those red and blue um, weapons, that those were um, potentially even just legendary weapons. I think they were just trying to show that there's going to be legendary weapons that will also have stasis. Right. But mm -hmm. so I don't know like so it could be that there are going to be um exotic weapons that also have stasis, but I'm thinking that there's going to be some legendary weapons. It's like it's going to be an added element of weapons. Oh yeah, I would I don't be, know. I I would I be surprised if that. we if we don't get a legendary energy weapon that right. has stasis as its element. So, um I am it, very curious about the no time to explain. Of course, no time to explain has had a um, has had a 
quite a um, journey through the Destiny mm-hmm. universe. Right. Right. Started it off started as a off rare, as the, the rare blue one. Right, right. As as the blue weapon that the that the Exo Stranger gave us at the right. at the end of the initial vanilla campaign. Um, it was underwhelming as a sort of final, you know, right. cherry on it, the sundae. Kind of an under, yeah, an, an underwhelming reward because at that point you had already had like legendary uh, right. other weapons that were like way more exciting about it, uh, exciting than it. So um, after that, I think it was was it in the. DLC drop the following year, so the Taken King. Is that right? That they released I, No I, Time to Explain. What, yeah, when No Time to Explain made a reappearance as an exotic. Hmm. Was that Taken King? I don't. I forget. It's all one. I'm pretty sure it came out. I'm pretty sure that's when it yeah, came out, but I could be wrong. Right. Sounds about right. Um. I, I, yeah, but this could um, be Punky Brewster all over again. <laughs> it could be a Punky so Brewster moment. <laughs> mm. So, um, anyway, uh, I'm curious about it because it had that little dark ball that shows up almost like the that uh, same kind of helper that you get in the Warlock Rift during... In the Ark war- Warlock Rift? Yeah, Ark Buddy. Yeah. Little Ark that buddy. little Ark Buddy. Had a little buddy, so yeah. Like getting a little darkness buddy. So, I'm curious. I'm very curious. Yeah. It, to me, it looks like, because it, um, functionally, or, well, I guess in practice, it'll, it, to me, it feels like it's going to play very similarly to um, Outbreak Perfected in that with more repeated hits you'll get um additional damage dealing perk and right. with yeah, yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see how it feels a little different because it feels darker obviously because it's stasis right. um aligned i don't know if it's going to be a stasis or a kinetic weapon well and we also know that it's it has a that gun has a history with the exo stranger and the exo stranger is not a guardian um there have been some other uh trailers that have dropped that are kind of giving some some little bit of hints of possibly where she comes from and it's her gun so it's it's i'm curious i'm curious and excited about it so that and obviously it's always fun to get your hands on new guns and new exotics that give you kind of new ways to use your new and existing um, yeah i'm excited about every single one of them so, I mean, how can you not be excited? The the only thing I'm not the the only thing I'm hesitant about is that I'm super excited about all of this and have so very little time. 
I know. Mm. To um, to really spend with the game right now, and that's that for me is sad. But uh, we do have a Monday off, which is exciting, and hopefully by then I will be well rested enough to um, spend some time in in the game and get some. Festival of the Lost done. I wanted to talk a little bit about that before we delve into some other things that came out in the TWAB in that there was this whole uh, kind of like Twitter controversy about these cipher drop rates. And, you know, you don't have to have a cipher decoder to do the Haunted Forest. Correct. It's just an added piece. So I feel like it was really designed more for like the hardcore players who are playing a lot. So you play a lot of the game, you get, you'll have three or four ciphers. Then you go in and do a run of the haunted forest. There's five chests there, but maybe you can open three and it's for people who do that. Let's, let's, um, see if we can get the best roll on these two guns. Um, it feels like that's what it was mostly made for. So for me, it's like, I don't necessarily need to have five cipher decoders just to go in and, and do the haunted forest. You could just go in and do the haunted forest. There is a chest at the end of the haunted forest just for doing it. You don't need a cipher decoder to finish. But what do you get? I, I'm hesitant to go anywhere here, having not even tried Festival of the Lost yet. So I'm going to reserve I, my I'm comments. I'm pretty sure you're still after getting I've done like it. The, the candy and maybe the chocolate strange coins. You're st- you're still getting stuff that will get you, will give you progress towards those three exotic um, pieces that Ava has the ship, the sparrow and the ghost, the mummy. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to diving into it anyway. Um, so anyway, I did, I, let's I move on like to the to... burn bright new light. Let's move on. Um, All right. Yeah. The, the, one of the, and this is particularly, particularly uh, interesting to, I think people who don't have a lot of time to, but love the game is, um, and and for new and casual players, this this um, new approach to uh, the new player experience, right? Uh, over the last year, there's been a lot of great feedback about the new player experience in Destiny 2. Currently, players are given a single mission to become acquainted with uh, some basic gameplay. We just went through this with our granddaughter. Uh and uh, this led to some confusion as many players didn't know exactly where to start. Yes, indeed. I mean, the other thing was, uh, Sally Bug, do you remember how we, we had to verbally, because we can't see her screen when we're playing with her online, we had to verbally right. try to get her, okay, now open this, what does it say? Do you see if, if it says this anywhere or hold the left trigger down? So even like veteran players trying to help a new player was difficult. Let me read on. Uh, this led to some confusion. 
Uh, who's that robot that's meticulously cleaning an auto rifle? What do I do with these engrams? And what's a Zavala? The team has been working to restructure the on-ramp for Destiny 2, and today we'll be giving a small glimpse into the new light experience. Now, I know this, you were particularly uh, excited about this, Sally Bug. So starting November 10th, players will start in the same way that most of us all have. A ghost will be on the hunt for their guardian. They stumble upon you, blah, blah, blah. What's different now is that you won't immediately find a ship. Rather, you stumble into, ready for it, another guardian in the wild. And so this is our first look at Shaw Han. And I have a feeling Shaw Han's going to be echoed throughout the schoolrooms of all the children who begin as New Light players. He's going to be very popular. And he's on a mission with his fire team to investigate what the Hive are up to in the Cosmodrome. He'll show you the ropes and help you find your way among the gameplay and systems of Destiny 2. Now, I quipped when I first heard about this. I thought, uh, man, they're going to have to hire a huge task force at Bungie to uh, control Shaw Han. Uh, each, each, you know, like uh, Bungie... Uh, dev would be controlling or player play tester would be controlling them but then sally bug pointed out it's probably going to be an npc right yeah uh, i think it's it's not going to be a it's not going to be a live have, player on the other yeah, end yeah how could you have someone who just <laughs> like, like they don't have that all those new players plus um it says right in there that, or it says later on um, in, in the document that uh, we can, we as veterans can do these same missions with that same uh, guardian. Right. Yeah. Um, with the Cosmodrome coming out of the so DCV, this gave us the perfect opportunity to overhaul our new player experience for veteran players out there. This will be a stroll through memory lane. While the Plague Lands are strictly quarantined per Vanguard orders, you'll still be able to explore much of what you remember from the first days as a Guardian. I wonder, you know, I was thinking about this. Oh, you get the spin metal, go through the moth yards. Good times, good memories. Um, it'll be fun. And I I think it would be cool if even veteran, veteran Guardians uh, were given a little carrot to do this just so that they know what the perspective of their fellow new players, uh, new guardians, the kindergartians are going to experience. Maybe give us a little emblem, you know, a little new light emblem for running through uh, the ropes with Shaw Han. What do you think? I, I'm excited to do it. I, I really, I, I want to do it. And I'd like to um, go through it with Haley. I think it will yeah. um, help her get, um, even more acquainted with um, the way things work um, in Destiny 2 and just, you know, how to better navigate your leveling system and, and how to do it. So I think she's pretty much gotten a lot of a lot of those resources through mm -hmm. uh, playing with us and mm -hmm. and so forth but and on her own you know you just kind of learn it as you go and she's smart mm -hmm. so she's picking it up but um i'm excited that they have listened to that feedback and have added this into the game 
um, this is going to be especially good for like all of those new players that um, are getting it with Game Pass. So it's just free because they have it and um, that it's because I feel like if you have someone who isn't like, uh, what's it? How do I want to say it? It's like, so for people who actually go out and buy Destiny 2, they're curious about the game and they want to play it. But for like a Game Pass player, and I know it's free to play, but it's like also it's just like for those new light players who are like, ah, oh, maybe I'll give that. This is showing up in my feed. Maybe I'll give this a try. Um, and then have this really confusing experience in the first hour or two, or like, I don't know. I, I kind of don't know which way is up. So you could lose some of your potential veteran, uh, well, potential players who would play a lot, I guess mm. is the way I'm wording it. I am, so. I'm very excited about the new light experience. Um, we've touched on this before in the pod, but the the red war i feel like was a lot more impactful for players who already experienced destiny one and i don't feel like it's a good launching point and um i feel like yeah it really there wasn't really a good alternative mm -hmm. for learning how to play destiny two and um i just feel like for me, the Red War was so devastating because you finally get back like the tower, but there's still like, where's Ava? Where's Eris? What about the Vestian outpost? Mm -hmm. And we eventually like slowly reconnected with those characters, but it was it was that was part of it that was impactful for me as a player, as a guardian. And right, um, right. But not as impactful you know, for somebody who didn't play D1, right? Yeah. Yeah. I good love point. the tower. I love the tower. Mm. As a, we had a connection a to it. Yeah. yeah. And it and it was taken from us. And those players um, never really got to fall in love with it before it was destroyed. Right. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, I mean, not only that, it's like uh, I did that first uh, Red War uh, mission with my granddaughter and that part the part in there where you're um, where you finally get to kind of like the main base of the tower where Zavala is there and he says guardians to me and he like protects you under the bubble she had no clue not only did she have no clue of like even how to navigate around to find him at that point but that the big purple bubble that he had around him was something that you could get into and protect you. And other guardians like us who've been playing knew that, but she as a new light player had no clue what, what was going on. What, yeah. Yeah. And that getting into that purple bubble was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, how they. So um, I'm, how they I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm definitely but... excited that they're that they've revamped this, and and hopefully this will be a better experience for these new players to have a better idea and to maybe have a little more of a connection with the Destiny world. I mean, obviously a sequel that's going to be very hard to do a a sequel that where 
new players don't necessarily have to have had a connection with the first one. I mean, that's hard to do because it is a sequel. It's like watching a movie as a sequel, but not watching the first one. You could be a little confused, you know? Right. It's it's a challenge for the writers to include everyone. Um, it's definitely a challenge. Do you want to move on to the, the next exciting piece of news, which is, I think, equally gratifying to see that something's being done in this area, and that is with armor mods, right? Let's yes. talk about it. Let's talk about modifi- this, mod this, modifications, right? This, I got to say, is probably outside of like the hype of the new stuff probably my favorite thing that I read this week. Yeah. Um, Me too. Because the fact that they are taking away that affinity for which weapon you're holding and what affinity, I just feel like it really is valuing um, more. It is definitely opening up some options for those casual players who maybe only have one set of armor that they can fully uh master work well so i'm excited sally bug you and i wanted affinity to go away in armor altogether so this is a great step in that direction it's for us (laughs) right i i feel like it's it's definitely uh um you know meeting us halfway so to speak i mean and, and and for the most part I really only wanted that affinity to go away so that it didn't um, interfere with what weapons I could use. So that's exactly what they've done. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to let you and Stego continue this conversation. I think we should just talk about what affinity is to begin with. uh, For those listeners who may not know how it works, when you get a piece of armor in Destiny... It has an elemental affinity. So right now it's either Arc Solar or Void. The armor has that affinity. And um, so that determines which mods you can actually put on the weapon. Because there's mods that can only go on Solar armor. There's mods that can only go on Arc. There's mods that can only go on Void. And so... uh, if you're somebody who likes to explore and experiment with a bunch of different types of gameplay, you sort of are locked. You're 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 at the mercy of um, having to have a piece of armor for each affinity if you want to uh, experiment and try out all those things. What's happened is a lot of players have just gone with whatever's meta, so they've just got basically void is my understanding that void uh, armor has, you know, the grenade launchers and other meta stuff in it. So that's what people mostly go with. And if it's not void, they just discard it. So that perpetuates the meta, which as we know that Bungie doesn't like that. So I think they saw that happening. And um, also uh, they want, they noticed uh, one of the other great things about this is, um, when you remove the affinity, now you have three categories of mods. Well, first of all, what they're doing is all the weapon-oriented armor mods. This is reading from the TWAB. Uh, so hand cannon loader, fusion rifle, ammo finder, etc. have been changed to be any energy type. 
As a result of the above change, all arc charged with light mods now activate their second perk. If you have any other arc mod equipped on the same armor piece, or if you have any other arc charged with light mod socketed in any other armor piece you're wearing. Uh, so what has happened is you've got now three times the amount of mods displaying. That's the problem with it because they, I think, and, and Sally bug was saying before, she thinks maybe one of the design choices for, for making these things affinity base was so, so much would, you know, you wouldn't clutter up the screen with so many mods. So they split them into three. Um, right. Yeah. I would say that the fix to that personally would be to do away with hand cannon loader and auto rifle loader and just replace those with the generic ones that already exist. Rifle loader, small arms loader, mm. and just, just keep those. Well, well here's what they, they have done. Those. Here's what they are going to do. Uh, they might have gotten rid of those. I, I don't think it says it specifically here, but what they mm. have done is uh, based on player feedback and my own experience too, quite frankly, is those, you know, you put on a hand ca cannon loader and you hardly notice it. Uh, you put on an enhanced can hand cannon loader and you notice it somewhat, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But still people would double stack them, two, two enhanced hand cannon loaders just to get some serious uh, stuff going on. And they notice that. And so what they've done to cut down on the mod population, since we're, you know, making them affinity free, so to speak, uh, is that they've just made them all enhanced mods or they're, what, what's the word they use? Deprecate. <laughs> they're just com yeah, combining the regular and enhanced into one mod. Um, so, and making it more effective, which I think streamlining the armor 2.0 system like this is desperately needed and it encourages people to uh, put on more than one mod say a hand cannon loader and a shotgun loader you know socketed at the same time and i think that's also going to uh, encourage more experimentation with with the mods that's my take on it I'm excited for it. I think, you know, like you had mentioned earlier, you and I have been saying this affinity thing needed to go away um, because it, it just for someone who doesn't have and doesn't have like a many different and I haven't really been able to get fully around the whole um, farming for different armor pieces. But now maybe. I don't know. Out of all the I games think. I've played, Destiny has the most convoluted system uh, for deciding what to keep and what to get rid of. And it's like, ah, oh, do I keep this? You know, you're looking at the stat roll. You're looking at its affinity. You're looking at what season it is. You're 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 wondering, okay, it's plus or minus two. So will, will I still be able to run the charge with light on that and run my fusion rifle uh, loader that I like? Uh, you know, it's... And, and still have high intelligence on this piece. Um, you know, it's it's so convoluted that I do... Most times I just don't care. I mean, I mean I'm just going to go with what I have. I'll put on my highest leg gear yeah. and just yeah. go with that. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to bother. So I think they're moving towards a system that's going to engage the player to experiment more 
and to try to use different stuff and and actually take the time to explore some of the the, the mod options because they'll make more of a difference. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think so. I think that too. And in addition to that, they're kind of rearranging mod sockets, which was a little harder to um, kind of de decipher. Um, and what they were talking about. And maybe that part of that is because you and I, just like you just said, it's like, you know, half the time <clears throat> you kind of just don't even care what you've got. So, um, but they're, it seems like they're getting rid of seasonal mods altogether. Uh, well, that's the next part here. Uh, raid mods. They talk about starting in Season 12, The Last Wish, Garden of Salvation, and the upcoming Beyond Light raid armors will now drop with a fifth dedicated armor mod socket that is exclusively for the mods related to the raid. I think this is a good thing. So Last Wish and Garden of Salvation armor acquired prior to Season 12 will not have this. So in a way, it's a little bit sunsetty there, isn't it? But we'll still be able to use the mods related to that raid in the new Legacy Armor mod socket. Okay. Um, oh, and here's... This is interesting, too. Anti-Taken mods, anti-Hive mods, anti-Fallen raid mods are all being... Um, well, the uh, anti-Taken mods for the Last Wish will only function in the Last Wish raid. And the other two mods, the anti-Hive and anti-Fallen mods for the Leviathan and Scourge... Uh, respectively, are are being done away with, deprecated. Deprecated. Wow, they are deprecating. They're fade. Not to be confused with deprecating. Sense. That I mean, it makes sense the way they and the way they worded it is just that it seemed like some of those mods really seem to be in other gameplay, kind of a a. Uh, a have and have not sort of thing. It's like it became like almost like the new Gallifreyan. It's like if you want to do this, get your anti-taken bear. You know, you need that anti-taken mod. Um, I noticed that that got uh, like in a lot of the um, content that I had researched to do the prophecy dungeon, which is amazing. They say, okay, get out your anti-taken mod and it's like mm, i don't think i have that mod and it just made it that much difficult but i think they wanted it to be that much that much harder right they they didn't want you to be using i think those mods were specifically designed to be used in the raids in which they dropped um, right but they didn't have the, at the time, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, but they didn't have the foresight that those would be used in other um, parts of the game where you would be fighting those same enemy types. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, so I, I'm in agreement. I, I agree that they, that this was a good thing. Yeah. And I, and honestly, that fifth mod socket, what they say here, it, it makes it a more valuable reward but also should compensate for the restriction on the usage of these raid mods with the ability to use that armor to craft your build both in and out of the raid so it does double duty. That is very important, if they're, especially if they're not going to get more generous, if they're not going to be more generous with uh, Masterwork 
materials. Yeah. You know? I mean, it absolutely is because yeah. now it's like you don't have to use a particular mod socket to do the raid armor at the ex- to do the raid mods at the expense of possibly some others. Of right. course, right now I would because that I have the legacy armor, but it looks like it, you know. I guess if you're you're willing to farm for, I don't know when you dismantle an armor piece, and especially now that they don't, they have that whole affinity thing. It's like if you dismantle an armor piece, and it is fully masterworked. You get a percentage of of the materials that you put into it back. Is that correct? Yes. So, um, I mean, hopefully, <laughs> but certainly, you know, if you certainly start, not enough to nearly master. Like, I don't think you could just right to master, masterwork something else with just, what they give you. I think it's like seven exactly. enhancement but cores. You, so, but if you, ooh, but if you have some, it's not that great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not I that great. I, I, I You're going to have to grind and, some and more. Maybe <laughs> and maybe they're going to be changing that as well. It's like yeah, said, we're, yeah, we're we'll getting see. a trickle we'll of see. information. And right. it sounds like they're starting to try to make this more accessible, especially for those uh, more casual players. So um, one can hope that uh, the economy will be a little different as well and that your ability to master work a piece of armor because like you said they're kind of sunsetting this raid armor right and so if you um want to take the full benefits especially of these new um armor changes armor mod changes that they're making you're going to want those newer sure um, and and then they, pieces. the the, the twab gives a justification for removing the anti-hive and anti-fallen mods um, and I do feel bad for our friends who worked really hard to get all those mods, but I am not shedding a tear for that being sunsetted, uh, based on the reasons they're giving are very, very good reasons, uh, typical sunset reasons for internally making the game better and easier to deal with. And, um, I'm one of those people who wants to keep Bungie independent. I know there's a there's a contingency of pe- voices in the community who want them to team up with another huge mega developer, uh, namely Microsoft, probably for nostalgic reasons as well. Uh, that you know, man, that's talk about amnesia. You know, we just got they just got independent of um, Activision not that long ago, and I I feel like it was a huge step in the right direction. Uh, for the for the franchise, honestly, and for Bungie as a company, uh, in the uh, long term, I, I'm not hearing I'm not hearing that as much as, as you. It just might have to do with who I'm following or who Twitter you're not following the I right need, people, <laughs> or who Twitter is deciding I need to. Um, it's like, ooh, pay attention to this. Yeah, they're telling you who to um, vote for, so, right? So, um, so I'm not seeing that as much. Um, so. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure those voices are, are out there, but, um, at least the people I follow and their, uh, tweets that show up in my feed when I, when I look at it every now and again, it's not coming up as being like a, a big thing that they, I think there was some hype and because there was a 
there was a rumor going around that they were going to merge with Microsoft uh, just due to some other stuff that was going on. And I think it was mostly related to the fact that they teamed up to do Game Pass, that uh, Destiny was going to be on Game Pass. But um, um, Yeah, so, so uh, the combat mods, then they talk about um, what's going on with um how you will be able to use season specific mods in armor going forward uh all armor 2.0 armor acquired during seasons 8 through 11 have had their seasonal mod sockets replaced with a single unified legacy mod socket that can socket all charged with light mods all war mind cell mods all nightmare hunt mods all got amen and the last wish mods and the garden of salvation man oh my gosh there's just not enough vault space otherwise right that's another issue <laughs> well, no, you and this is good to, those mods aren't in your vault they are if you have to collect armor that to cover all the bases oh yeah i guess that's and true. now you no longer have to that's so good this is such a great little thing this little paragraph right here i love it i really do love it you know it's a the right direction for armor and mods, I think. Right. You and I kind of, I mean, we mentioned that just briefly before. It just seems like they're getting rid of seasonal mods altogether. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's a great idea that they, it's just, a, what are they calling it? A combat mod socket instead? Yeah. Yeah, an all-encompassing combat combat mod socket. I made that part up, but that's basically what's going on. Um, we're kind of um, coming up on the witching hour here, and um, it might be time for a little bit of a, a coffee break, right? Are mm -hmm. we ready for a coffee break here? I think we are. And then we'll go into our uh, special segments, uh, our lore segment and our um, Sounds of Destiny segment coming up. So this coffee break is brought to you by the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. We encourage everybody to choose wisely when choosing your beans. Do we need a refill or are we out of coffee, Sally Bug? Uh, I, there might be a tiny bit there if you want to go. Hmm. And... If it's a drop, it's still... worth it. Yeah, I still have like half a cup here, so I'm good. Why don't you take it? Is everybody awake in chat? Uh, wow, there's been some chat here going on in the background that I haven't been paying attention to. You know, level old exotics with modern light level. Oh, yeah, I wish the collections, uh, Fractious Heart says, I wish the collections was better utilized. Maybe you have a special key from Zuri tweak that lets you pull one old item. Hmm. Ooh, that's a great that would, idea. That would repurpose Zur in an exciting way, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the point of having something in collections if it's locked out, right? Yeah. But it, it's just like, so why do you have it? Just to, because if you happen to be a collector and want to collect everything in the game, it seems kind of silly. Especially with how deep the pockets of this game are. Right. It's basically impossible right. to collect everything. Right. But I think the whole point of collections came about when everything had static roles to it, right? 
Well, it released yeah, at that the end. That was part of that system when one. things were static. Yeah, because they want the, they, they acknowledge the, the same thing that Soul Time said that it's difficult to decide what to keep. And so they they brought about right. the collections, but at the same time they they brought random rules. So it said you can get any right. of your old stuff. We're not telling you what to use, but you can get any of the old stuff from the collections. But also, you're not going to want any of them because we got random rolls coming. But now you can't you can't get items out uh, if you have something in collections. It's like one thing. It's like okay, <laughs> sorry. I hold like... on, hold on. Time out. <laughs> I got a cat problem here. <laughs> <laughs> She's like playing the coffee break music. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Sally Bug. Sorry. <laughs> um. So, uh, it. If you have an, a weapon and you really liked the role of it, you should be able to archive it, like not necessarily just keep it in your vault, but archive it and then go and get it back out of collections just as the role that it is. I right? And I, I'm surprised that that's not actually the case. It doesn't make sense that it's not the case. Um mm. Good point. And that's a it's a good suggestion uh, that Fractious Heart had, but it just yeah. it seems it seems ridiculous, kind of, that um, you can't. I mean, it it would take care of the vault space issue, and I think that was the initial, yeah. at least in my opinion, I think um, that was the initial idea behind collections was you can just put things in collections so you don't have to worry about having all of this stuff in your vault. So vault space won't be an issue. Um, but then they found it, and that was kind of something that came out again in, in year one of destiny two. And what they found was too many people really did like the random roles idea rather than everybody just generically having the same thing. And, um, yeah, yeah, our vaults are full for those uh, those collectors. I love to hoard stuff. And you know, I would stop doing that if it weren't for the odd time where I get out that rare void sidearm that, that's 750 that I haven't used in a while. And it's fun. It's fun to go digging through the trash and pull something out that you haven't used in a while. For me, that's fun. So I need a bigger vault so that I can mm -hmm. be a hoarder. And right. you also never know when a sandbox change is going to happen. That's the other thing, Six, yeah. 600 RPM auto rifles were nothing Yeah. before um, the most noteworthy, the biggest recent sandbox change. Before that, it was all SMGs. There was no reason to use an auto rifle over an SMG. Right. Now the case right. is flipped. Now there's no reason to use an SMG because... Mm. Um, those auto rifles use auto rifle. Yeah. Right. And their and their auto rifles are way more stable and, and feel better. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like what you know, with the sandbox changes, and I like the sandbox changes because it does. It has you kind of use utilize different part use utilize um underused weapons from your vault. It's just I wish there was a way to deal with the vault and my vault's really not that bad because I um 
dismantled a bunch of armor saying, you know what, I, I can't, I can't play this armor game. So I'm just going to dismantle, you know, a bunch of like, yeah. the, especially you know, the planetary you know, the f- armor, sure. a lot of the planetary armor and a sure. lot of this other armor. I just came up with the, I just like, mm. I can't do it. So I'm just, and also the, I, the weapons that are sunsetting, that'll be easy to, to, to delete those, to dismantle the ones that can't go beyond 1060. That it'll right. Be yeah. And psychologically I think that's the justifiable. Idea behind that too. Sure. I, and I think mm. people will see, I mean, and, and that's the thing with the sunsetting is like, well, unless you have like, cause I do have a few weapons that are sunsetting that I still really, really enjoy using every now and again. And it's not like just because they're sunsetting doesn't mean you can't use them in certain parts of the game. So, mm. um, yeah. I don't know. You say, mm. I say mm, because it's a vault space issue as well. And so I'm going to maximize right. and minim- minimize the amount of time I need to do a build for end game when we get together to do a raid. Right. I don't want to spend an hour. A- I, as it is, we already spend a, quite a bit of time preparing for a raid. Um, right. I like to streamline that po- pro- process and that means having less in the vault. And I can- if I can't if I know I'm not going to be using 1060 stuff uh, in the most in, of the time, yeah, in the right. uh, next raid, then I'm I don't I don't need to see it there. Honestly, I can do yeah, without it. Yeah, you kind of want to have the weapons need, that are the right. I mean, if you're going to use the most powerful, right? If right. you want to use the most powerful stuff in the raid or in the higher light level, you want to have some experience with those guns as well, right? So going back to like the older ones. Um, you're not, they're not going to feel the same because you haven't had the same amount of practice with them. Yeah, right. I get it. Um, and I just, I'm one of those players who needs a psychological out to stop hoarding and get rid of stuff. I need a, a sort of a justification just psychologically. So I feel good about it, you know, cause I am a hoarder. I am a collector and I need a good reason to get rid of stuff. Um, I do like the fractious heart idea, though, that every now and again, it would be nice to be able to pull something out of collections that you uh, mm-hmm. possibly dismantled and then and then regret. So, right, right, right. It's like a, a, a regret cipher. <laughs> so, Sally Bug, are you ready to move on to the um, our uh, Touch of Grimoire segment here? I absolutely am ready. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. So um, we're going to start off with uh, something that Bungie dropped. Another thing Bungie dropped this week was some lore. And uh, Stego, you're going to read that for us, right? Zavala. (laughs) A touch of grimoire. They're not coming. Those words have finality when said aloud. An indirect farewell. Zavala can't quite see Ikora's expression in the muted reflection from his office window, but he can hear the disappointment in her voice. Beyond the glass, the city seems agnostic to the tempest of emotions. Ships soar through the night sky, lights glitter against the dark, the traveler looms silently. I know, is Zavala's belated reply. He watches as Ikora's reflection reaches toward him, but he's still surprised when he feels the weight of her hand against his shoulder. Mend them for their bravery, he says, confiding in her. 
but I'd prefer they be here to berate them for their foolishness. Ikora wordlessly squeezes Zavala's shoulder in response before standing beside him at the window. I remember when you and I felt invincible, when our ghosts felt invincible, when we could lay the foundation for the future with our bare hands. But now it's different. The list of names seems to... The list of names to memorialize gets longer by the day, she says, watching debris slowly orbit the traveler. We've said goodbye to too many friends over the years. And who is left to join us now? Rasputin? To think that I welcomed him in, Zavala says, turning his back to the window and the traveler, only to find out he betrayed the Iron Lords all those years ago. He looks across the data pads on his desk, jaw clenching. Are we that desperate that we're willing to accept mass murderers? He settles into his chair with a heavy sigh, lifting a hand to his forehead, eyes shut. Zavala, Ikora's voice is stern but tempered with concern as she follows him to his desk, her fingers curled against her palms. Stronger together, remember? We aren't abandoning anyone now. A slight quaver in her voice belies her confidence. Most people wouldn't notice, but Zavala has known her for over a century. When their eyes meet, she sees an unvoiced burden on his face that would appear to anyone else as a merely stoic and unflinching expression. She sits on the corner of his desk, hands folded in her lap. You know, they'd all be lost without you, she affirms. He doesn't answer, but she can tell he agrees. I would be lost without you. When Zavala starts to counter her argument, she continues over him, unrelenting. Out there, thousands of people look to us as a sign of hope. We need that. Everyone does. It feels like I'm lying to them, to everyone, Zavala interrupts. The darkness is here. We're facing the end of all things, and I... He closes his eyes. I feel helpless. Ikora shakes her head and gives Zavala's shoulder another squeeze. Maybe we are. It seems a poor thing to say at first, but she continues. Even so, helpless doesn't mean hopeless. We forget that sometimes, and instead of embracing our faith in moments like this, we often turn against it out of fear and doubt. When I found, when I found my faith diminished, I exiled myself to Io. I questioned everything, including the Traveler. She levels a knowing look at Zavala, who also recalls how that chapter of their lives ended. What has the Traveler ever done for us? Zavala exclaims, his words strained through gritted teeth as he slaps his palm against his desk. Ikora gently lifts her hand from his shoulder and searches her friend's old face. She understands the pain behind his words and recognizes the wave of anger in his eyes as it recedes. She rises from the corner of his desk, walking back to the window. I'm sorry, Zavala mumbles after the fact. It's all right, Ikora replies, gazing up at the Traveler hanging weightlessly over the city, illuminated by its light. If nothing else, the Traveler did one thing right by us. It takes a moment for Zavala to respond to her candor. And what was that, he asks, rising from his chair. Ikora watches Zavala's reflection in the glass little more than a dim silhouette with glowing eyes. She smiles softly, and he can see a moment of peace and relief in her expression. A moment of faith. A moment of truth. 
it brought us together. Wow, that was powerful. Super powerful. Yeah. Some good writing from the team so, there. Yeah. <laughs> so it it started off as they're not coming. So we're thinking we're going to talk that, you know, I thought with the initial, um, that, that initial, that initial, um, title that we were going to go delve more into the ones who aren't coming, but this really became more about Zavala and Zavala's relationship with Ikora. So, um, which we were we were wondering is there maybe a little romance or open the door a crack for a little romance there we don't know we'll have to wait until uh valentine's day uh, yeah. i don't think so i my interpretation was that it was like they're just solidly good friends you're right that they have they've been through too much together as vanguards as protectors of guardians and the and the city um and that through doing that for over a for over a century that it's just they have bonded Mm -hmm. from that but not not uh yeah practice heart says it seems platonic and i agree Mm -hmm. they're a fire team and they have been for over a century Right, right, absolutely. So, um, Zavala is, uh, oh, somebody asked, it drops. He's, he's having a, a crisis of faith. Website. He is having a crisis of faith. He's, he's, he's wavering. And, um, and then Factious Heart says, could Zavala be corrupted from the Ahamkara? And that gets us right into. And my answer is uh, yes, um, and that gets us right into oh, another piece oh. of lore. I feel like they are just connected, and there's nothing sure. we can do. You can't have that one without this one, because it gives us a little bit of background of why. Because Zavala is always he's been so Zavala's always been very stoic and been our leader, and he's the head of the vanguard. And he's always been cautious, right? He's always been the one to say, let's not jump in, you know, without uh, hesitating first, right? He's always been a little bit, uh, be careful out there, right? He has that protector piece of it. And so just like a, um, a parent would say, be careful, right? Mm-hmm. When you're when you're doing to a child who's doing something that's a little scary or or a little different, so you've got that going on, and uh, so he's always been that protector. But this is beyond like being that protector. This is like his um his uh, faith is wavering. And so we have another piece of lore, and this dropped with the Traveler's Chosen, when the Traveler's Chosen dropped. Did you, um, have you gotten Traveler's Chosen yet, Stego? No, not yet. 
Okay. So um, it's not really, this isn't really a spoiler if you haven't gotten it, but this piece of lore is um, particularly um, important in um, in the story. So would you mind reading that that one as well? The lore that dropped when the Traveler's Chosen came in. Travelers chosen. All we have left now is our faith. I push into my ossific den, and he is there. I see him looking over the side, toward his traveler, head bent. He is speaking softly, but I can hear him. Anyone who is listening could. Waits for a response, and I do as well. Tense, curious. He stands attentively, this loyal dog of a man. It is no time at all for me, but for him, the hours creep by in silence. I am ready to choke the voice of his traveler if it answers him, but there is nothing. He tightens his grip on the railing. I feel something shift inside him, and a new possibility presents itself. Again, I press against the sockets. The net creaks softly with my eagerness. Someone approaches and he turns his back to his traveler. There's an exchange, obscured by the rubicund thrash. He is given reports. Hope bleeds from him. He gives the messenger a token of his faith. They accept it without understanding its meaning. He watches as they leave. There is a hollow place in his center. It is beautiful. Wow, I return no. warily. I do not see him, but I hear him. He speaks to all with a voice thick with grief. I must learn how far I have been set back. I reach to him tentatively. Strength. I push and feel only sweet, soft rot. I am delirious with pleasure. It gave them no answers. It was a reflex, the spasm of dumb muscle. A song of joy rises within me. Now. And that's the end. Wow. Yeah. So, um, what's going to happen? Speaking? Who's speaking here? Oh, I think um, that's Savathun. So, it's either Savathun or. Obviously, one of her minions, but mm -hmm. or I think it's Savathun. Or, um, so we need to talk a little bit about uh, like how is Savathun watching Zavala? And it looks like she's using the Ahamkara skull that is hanging over Shaxx and his little area. So, next time you're in the tower go over to Shax's area and you'll see that Ahamkara skull. And there's yes. a whole nother piece of lore, by the way, that I think, um, I, I didn't want to make this too lore heavy. <laughs> this go, there's such a huge rabbit hole that you could go down with this as soon as you start talking about Savathun at all. But in the grits of the great hunt, there was a piece of lore that talks about Shaxx um, when he when Shax first gets that skull and Zavala and Eris are there, um, and 
Shax has been known to sing the one of Savathun's songs, and Eris also knows that song. So there's like some corruption that's going on, and there's a relationship between this Ahamkara skull and Savathun. Mm-hmm. And we're not quite, I don't quite have the full connection there, um, but we know it exists, right? Because that is how Savathun or one of Savathun's minions, so to speak, is um, uh, watching Zavala and corrupting him along the way. And so she is getting energy from his wavering faith and using it kind of against somehow like I said using that uh using that influence yeah um we should probably have a link to the the lore um specifically because it does have a different um it's different looking at it and then um, analyzing who who do you think the the narrator is, who's from whose perspective this is. But at the beginning, it says, right. "I push into my ossific den," and that word "ossific" means of or pertaining to bones. Bones. Yeah. And um, and this viewer, this narrator, sees him looking over the side, and so from the there, there's a clear. Um, vantage point from the, the Ahamkara bones where you would be able to to look out even through the eye sockets and uh, and it go, it's pointing straight at Zavala and the, the lore entry and, was and split I... into three segments and so that there was actually that second pause um, yeah. I think it, those it, three it segments and I and I I got this just through my my own reading of it but also um reading a reddit post on here and gosh i wish i had but it was just such a rabbit hole so i i wish i could link to that person um if i can find it i will get that to sewell time so he can link yeah, to that reddit link, uh, post just, just uh, um let me know. but they were saying that potentially those three segments are past present and future so that first segment was past, and then the second segment is what's going on now, currently, and that the last one is the future, like so his future corruption. Um, uh, an interesting take on it. Um, and the only other thing I wanted to uh, bring up, because this is something that kind of came up uh in my mind, as as I was kind of researching the, the this lore and reading all the background lore here, is um, in Destiny One we had the speaker who was kind of like uh, possibly talking, through, like giving the message of the traveler to us as guardians, and then it's kind of turned into like, well, okay, the speaker is gone, and we kind of learned through. Uh, the Red War campaign that the speaker um, didn't necessarily talk to, they didn't necessarily have a conversation with the traveler. He just uh, felt the felt the traveler's power and spoke for him. Um, 
but I wanted to like you just keep seeing this over and over again of guardians um, in higher roles of of this seeking some the traveler giving them kind of some active um, interaction. Zavala is looking for the traveler to answer um, or hoping when it like when it reawoken after the Red War, like that it would start the traveler would start having um, a more active role in protecting the guardians and protecting the city. And um, and it seemed like the speaker was doing the same thing. Um, but the travelers done nothing but have this passive. I feel like just had this passive role. It's like here, I've given you the light and you, I, I've done what I can do for you. I'm here. I've given you the light, but the rest is up to you type of deal. You know, this like, stop asking me for anything beyond. I've already given you all I'm going to give you type of thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you like, do either one of you get what yeah, I'm saying? You get here? what you get. Right. Um, that it's just, I, I've given you what I can, I've given you this gift, but stop seeking more answers from me beyond me giving you this gift. You, you have to take what I've given you and use it to, um, and, and then you've got Zavala getting kind of corrupted by Sabathun and potentially uh, making this, uh, I, I, I don't know, it, their, their faith gets wavered because they're seeking this um, active role from the Traveler, but the Traveler has never, um, in, the, in at least all the years that I've been playing and paying attention, had anything but beyond just a passive role of giving us the light and our um our powers that go along with it that's my two cents yeah funny bones in chat says it's the travelers saying uh this is all i can do i believe humankind to be the ones who can bear it the most effectively to combat darkness in other words he the traveler has chosen humans and passed the torch to them and right. now it's been pretty passive yeah, I mean, ever since. It's just like, you know, hey, like we're we're all part of the light. I've given you this gift of the light. Um, obviously, we have threats to our existence. Use what I've given you to fight the fight, but stop seeking more from me. I've given you all I can give you. So... Yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing, but I and and is this like Zavala getting back to Zavala is is this Zavala um, waveringness just because he's getting corrupted by Sabathun, and of course there's a huge you can once you start uh and I mean Th Sabathun is almost like a. a a separate para casual destiny podcast 
spin-off lore segment because then you have to start going into the Book of Sorrows. Yeah, and it's it's easy to fall. <laughs> the, yeah. Those origins and so forth. So there's yeah. so much that you can say that yeah, is a lot probably to it. for another time. But it's also going to be interesting to see kind of where where we are and how we're going to um, fight uh, this fight beyond. But we need to, <laughs> Fractious Heart says, what even is the Traveler? And we kind of don't even know. And I think I brought this up in a previous pod, you know, early on is like, is the Traveler even good? Just because the Traveler's given us these powers that technically are quote unquote light is this good or you know is it just you know is it different right because you think about the fallen and us fighting the fallen and and all the fallen's doing is wanting the same thing that we want and that is the traveler to protect us so a uh, funny bone mentions halo here it says in halo it's different because it's less mystical humanity was chosen by the previous guardian species long ago in the Halo universe. It's, yeah, it's, it's a very, interesting, I, if nothing else, the, um, God, the story behind this, uh, game is, I want to say probably what keeps me in it most. Um, the writing is fantastic. The stories are engaged. I I throw on lore podcasts and go for long walks and just can't, you know, it's it's amazing stuff. So, um, yeah. And another part of the amazing part of the game is its music. And we have a whole other segment here. Right? Yeah, we'll try to keep it short since we're kind of running over time but um this this week's um sounds of destiny brought to you by the paracasual destiny podcast the sounds of destiny yeah so this week i chose to introduce because this is another deep topic topic that you could go on and on and on and on forever on is the prequel to destiny one the game yeah, two years prior to the release of Destiny 1, there was a prequel. It wasn't a video game prequel. It was a musical prequel. And the name of that project uh, was called Music of the Spheres. And um, it was uh, shortly after Bungie reached out to uh, the famous uh, Halo composer, uh, Marty O'Donnell, uh, to do this, do uh, a music musical score for their uh, concept of destiny, and he came up with this concept of a musical prequel, uh, where the music would come out before the video game, uh, and introduced uh, people to uh, the themes beforehand. Uh, so this goes back to 2010. Uh, four years before uh, the release of Destiny 1. And so he got together with a colleague named Michael Salvatore, who uh, is the sort of lead composer now uh, of music for Destiny 2. Uh, but then they were uh, collaborators. 
And um, then in 2011, they took on a, a famous musician named Paul McCartney to help them with this uh, project. And they came up with this uh, concept of music of the spheres, uh, which was inspired by uh, the concept of uh, musica uh, universalis, which is the idea that uh, the planet's uh, orbits resonate like music. Um, and O'Donnell went into things like geomantic figures to come up with inspiration for for the individual tracks. So this was an eight uh, piece composition. So it had like eight movements. And uh, I'll put the track listing up if I can find it here. Yeah, uh, Music of the Sphere. So you have these eight pieces of music that were done even before the release of Destiny 1. Um, and uh, there's a rich sort of interesting history uh, behind the release of this music and what happened with Marty O'Donnell and, and Bungie slash Activision at the time. But the track list is um, starts off, uh, track one is called The Path and uh, coincides with the moon. Uh, track two is The Union. Track three is called The Ruin. Track four is The Tribulation. And then you have The Rose. And track six is the ecstasy. Track seven is called the prison. And track eight is the hope or earth. Um, and so you had moon, Mercury, Venus, sun, Mars, Jupiter, sun, earth. That corresponds to the eight tracks. Um, and so what happened was uh, before this was ever released, uh, they at E3 in 2013, fast forward, few years. So 2013 when E3 at the E3 when Activision was going to release the the big reveal for the upcoming Destiny game. Uh, they basically wiped out uh, Marty O'Donnell's music from the trailer and used like a, a different weird voiceover and different music feel altogether. Of course uh, Marty O'Donnell uh, threw a fit and was uh, you know was very vocal on on social media about it and started a an internal uh, argument with with Bungie and Activision and um, from what I've read I mean the 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 court proceedings have been public from what I read he he um, he didn't get a much support uh, from from Bungie's then their management and so i think he basically just stopped working but showed up and they <laughs> they they fired him because of this he would just show up and not do anything and <laughs> out of protest and then they fired him and he sued and he won uh, but the 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 downside of all this was that music of the spheres was just unpublished um, and but some of it had leaked out. Parts of it were leaking out, and some hobbyists, um, in particular, a guy named O.S. Epsilon, uh, began to uh, take bits and pieces of it, pieces that he found, the leaked bits of it, and started to put together a definitive, uh, a, a sort of a release of the eight pieces to this. And of course, Marty O'Donnell. Uh, by by this time, your fast forward Destiny's been released, 
And of course, they used uh, when Destiny came out, they used um, sort of the themes from Music of the Spheres, as we'll hear in just a moment. Uh, in Destiny 1, you can hear some of the uh, themes, the musical themes being used. And of course, uh, Paul McCartney did the last track, which is called The Hope, is is um, a McCartney composition that he collaborated with them. He also collaborated on other tracks musically as well. Um, but of course, it's the, the famous song that came out, which is like the Destiny 1 theme song uh, called Hope for the Future. Um, so uh, O'Donnell got involved with uh, these... Um, fans that were trying to reconstruct it and he would say things like oh you're so close to what it what the original would have sound sounded like and then uh, he endorsed I think he started uploading stuff to like SoundCloud and then Bungie started uh, you know by this time what are we like in in 2017 I think um, um, Bungie issued a cease and desist and then they backed off and said you know we just we'll release it free for everybody and so i think they were kind of appeasing o'donnell at that point and fans there were very vocal about it as well and eventually bungie released music of the spheres uh the different you know the actual music and uh, what would have come out had there not been all that uh, kerfuffle earlier um, so I'd like to play uh, the first track, which is called The Path uh, from Music of the Spheres, uh, a little bit of it here, uh, just to hear the, the intro of it, what it sounds like. So let me call that up. Uh, this is The Traveler. I'm sorry, it's called uh, The Path, uh, or um, it refers to the moon. See if you recognize any of the themes in it. So you can hear this is like really orchestrated. Uh, and uh, actually the whole, the the other seven tracks are, are very similar in just, uh, it's, it's all orchestrated, uh, but really beautiful gems. And if you're a fan of uh, 
you know, Halo's music or the music of Destiny. This is this is where uh, the Destiny themes all started. This is where the music for Destiny started was was in this. In fact, uh, Marty O'Donnell has actually uploaded uh, his piano ideas that preceded this, like the 2010 him sitting down at the piano as a playlist on YouTube. He's very open and sharing and sharing. And the video portion is his commentary, uh, which is really interesting. We'll link to it in the description of, of this podcast. Uh, any musicians out there who are interested in the process of writing music for video games should definitely check that out as he talks about what he was the process of coming up with, with ideas for um, the music. Um, for uh, video game music, in particular for Destiny. Now, um, what I'd like to do is, let's take that off. I'd like to play actual Destiny soundtrack. This is Destiny 1 vanilla soundtrack. And this is the opening theme to the original soundtrack called The Traveler. And see if you can recognize the, um, the musical horn line that we heard at the beginning of The Path is... is right at the front here those three notes right pretty amazing and this will bring back memories to veteran players for sure listen to a little bit of this That gives me chills right there. So, um, yeah. So I encourage you to uh, go out and listen to Music of the Spheres. And you'll recognize some of the themes that you've heard. I think even they still, Michael Salvatore goes back and grabs some of those original themes, even in some of the music for for Destiny 2, uh, which is already an old game now. Um, so, um, yeah, it's a real history lesson, but it's also like like the lore, a rabbit hole. For example, the, that, that signature horn line that's in the path and uh, later in the Traveler for Destiny 1 um, said to be composed originally on piano by Paul McCartney. That, there, that's, uh, but that, you know, when you start reading the forums and people chime in that they know this stuff, you never, you never really know and that's what kind of makes it Fun. I would trust Marty O'Donnell, his his uh, sort of primary source stuff uh, is pretty trustworthy. I would think, um, but yeah. So that's music of the spheres, and we will link. I'll link to a playlist for it uh, in the description. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I definitely got goosebumps. Just that you know, I could see in my mind. Um, and hear the speaker um, 
giving us the the background and showing the um, the visions of Guardians first landing on Mars, I believe it is. It just ah, uh, yeah. It yeah, amazing stuff. Yep, amazing. And that about wraps it up, I think, for this week. Any, Another great podcast. Any I, closing thoughts? I am looking forward to hopping into the Festival of the Lost and grabbing some of those newly uh, reigning cipher decoders. Um, I'm not really, I don't honestly care that much about uh, getting like the perfect role of either the Braytech werewolf or the horror story. I think I have both of those still in my vault, if I remember right. Um, and according to, again, the Twitter verses, those are still pretty good roles. So um, even if I don't get anything new or get those to drop as anything new, I'm just kind of excited to do it. It's fun. It's something different, right? It's something different to do while we're waiting for Beyond Light to drop and uh i i'm i'm excited me too I'm, I'm excited to go in and play i'm excited for what's coming uh we obviously love this game or we wouldn't be doing this podcast in the first place so well let's end um, it so we can go play the game absolutely you're here Well, at this time, we'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to episode 13 of the uh, Paracasual Destiny podcast. Uh, I'm Sewell Time, and I was joined by Sally Bug and Green Stego. And uh, a shout out to uh, you know Fractious Heart and Funny Bone for keeping keeping us going in the chat. Uh, we always appreciate that. Uh, have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next Saturday. Bye. Bye. Hi.